Sadly, it didn't quite come home. Unless you sound there, of course. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. You, you guys, we, we were so close. I, I may or may not have booked my victory celebration two weeks in advance, but we were so close! <laughs> we were no, so close. You thought it was close. coming home when actually it was coming to Rome. Uh, see, 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 I have fat fingers on an iPhone. It, it might have just been a typo. I, it, it happens to the best of us. You know, like, that's my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. Uh, <laughs> hey guys, Dre Harrison here. Welcome to episode 313 of Motorsport 101, and uh, I'm, I'm sad. I'm a sad boy. Um, the football didn't go our way. Um, feel free to rinse me via email. Um, I did write checks that my ass couldn't cash in the end. And um, yeah, um, I deserve my roasting at the hands of the Americans in, 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 in this podcast, which are all just chomping at the bit to obliterate me. Um, they've earned it. <laughs> to be fair, I, I asked for it. Um <laughs> So let's get into it. Uh, let's go around the horn here real quick. Cam Buckley, good to see you, sir. How's it going? Uh, it's going pretty good. Uh, spent the weekend with a friend. It was pretty wild. We'll talk about mm. it uh, later in the show. Um, regarding your football, uh, <laughs> you know, you're pretty close. It almost came home. Fortunately, it was the other ridiculous long dry spell that ended. The Italians would like, oh, oh no, it was only 15 years since the Italians last won a major tournament. Oh, what a shame. Boo hoo. As they went 35 games unbeaten. It's like, ugh. Good grief. Good grief. Uh, RJ, how's it going, buddy? I'll be real. I watched that game with my partner and their parents, um, the father figure of whom is, is Italian American and was rooting oh. for Italy. So, uh, in that house, as I watched what happened, <laughs> I just felt like, man, that's such a shitty way for England to lose because it's feeding into the historical anecdote that the English men's national team is cursed at taking penalties whenever the stakes are high. And when considering that it's three black British players that all miss the penalty kicks, and we're already on edge when it comes to, like, race and politics when dealing with the English men's national team, when we're already having to, like, put out PSAs about how, like, fucking domestic violence spikes regardless of the outcome of an England's men's national team Very game. True. That's, it's, Very true. It's just, it's just a fucking mess, man. I hate that that had to go like that. Yeah, it was a colossal mess. I'll talk about it a little bit more after I introduce our last host. King, good to see you, buddy. How's it going? <laughs> going, going pretty well. Part of me wanted to come home, but I knew it wasn't coming home, so... <laughs> My Not man so broke out the shirt on the semi-finals. <laughs> and we put it on our Twitter for the world to see, and I was like, King owns an England shirt? And I'm like, oh shit, this is awesome. <laughs> like, fun fact, King actually owns more England football shirts than I do. Um, which Damn. is amazing. 
I don't have one. And like they are now like rocking horse shit in the UK. You can't get them now. It's uh it's it's, it's wild to say this. They did sell very very well and uh yeah, uh look I'll, I'll keep it brief. Um we suck as a country. Um and that is like I I will, I will proudly say as the only Brit on this podcast. Um it is genuinely refreshing and heartwarming to have a genuinely wonderful, likable set of football players because we, we've we gone like over a decade where we hate our footballers. They're all just rich, like millionaires who don't understand what it's like in this country. And that, that myth has been blown out of the water by this set of dudes. Like, you don't need me to go into detail about Marcus Rashford and what he's done. Um, Jordan Henderson's been a fantastic ambassador for the game, for LGBT rights and and for online abuse as well, and as well as being captain of Liverpool. Um, Jaden Sancho is coming back to England. He's going to play for Manchester United this season. Biako Saka, um, literally born that way, about two miles away down the road. Um, I'm in I'm in West London. Saka literally went to school two minutes behind me down the corner. Um, and they were racially abused. And unfortunately, it's becoming a thing where whenever a high-profile black player in the Premier League or to do with the English game in general um, has a bad day, they're going to be racially abused. And it, it, it's a goddamn disgrace. It's a goddamn disgrace that Wembley was invaded by over a 1,000 people um, without tickets trying to break in. We have no chance of hosting a major tournament if that's going to fly in this country. And it brought out the worst in many, many people, as well as our own politicians who were trying to lean hard on these players for political gain, despite the fact that this football team hates their guts. Um, and Tyrone Mings had to put Pretty Patel to the sword by saying, no, you, you don't get to support us like nothing's happened when you thought that us taking the knee before games was gesture politics. Um, and that tweet went viral and it deserved to be so because it was absolutely on the money. Long story short, we have a wonderful, likable football team and I'm devastated for yeah. them that they couldn't quite bring it home. Um, Gareth Southgate is a good friggin' dude and, you know, he's a great manager. He's done a fantastic job with this team. Like, people are like, oh, they should, they should fire him. Do you want to go back to Roy Hodgson? <laughs> Do you want to go back to Steve McLaren? Like, where we were. Look, like, the Heat's where, died down on Big Sam. We still got a chance. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, to keep it brief. Like, yeah. if if the difference between winning a major trophy and not was down to a penalty shootout, you should not be thinking about firing your manager. Yeah. We're cynical. Yeah. We, we, we are a cynical set of bastards in this country. And Vic, I see Vic in the comments saying, bring back Sven. Vic, I know where you live. <laughs> like, just, 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 just. Just, I'd just like to remind you of this fact, okay? But uh, we, are, it's, it's a, they're a wonderful set of dudes. I'm glad that the vast majority of the country has gotten behind them. And unfortunately, I, I don't want to isolate these guys and say that these dudes aren't England. Unfortunately, they are. It's an ugly part of being a football fan in this country. And it's going to take more of the good ones to speak up and act up for that's ever going to fucking change as far as I'm concerned. Get behind these dudes. They're Absolutely. the best we've had in twenty-five years, Absolutely. easily. Yeah. The best, easily the best team since '96, and it shouldn't matter 
how good they are or how bad they are. They should never be racially abused for missing a penalty or having a bad day in a game of football ever, as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, with that out of the way uh, and all the football jokes taken off the table, we're going to talk Formula E in King's hometown of New York City. Um, yeah. We had a big, a big doubleheader in New York, um, a couple of very dramatic races with, with some dr- dramatic finishes as well. We'll be talking all about that. We'll be talking about yet another Formula E pass of the year contender, which I, which I did not think I'd be saying after Monaco, but here we are. Um, and we'll be talking about a British with an American soil, because Sam Bird got a win, and everybody likes a Sam Bird win, don't they? Hey, Sam Bird won it. Bird up! Bird up indeed. But, uh, the bird it was, a bit was of a in fact, the word. <laughs> the word. And we'll be talking a little bit about... Our turn to host the Formula E race down here in London next weekend, because there's already been a bit of spice regarding that as well. A lot of complaints from the drivers on this one. More on that in a bit. But in the meantime, quick rundown of where you can find us. We're on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101. We're on Twitter at Motorsport underscore 101. And if you'd like to follow our personal handles, you can at Harrison101HD at cbuckley 917 at RJ O'Connell and at Ryan Eric King. You can follow us on Instagram at M101, Buzz101Pod, I should say. And you can catch us on our website as well, motorsport101.com. If you really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. $5 gets you early access to all of the audio versions of the show. You can upgrade to 10 bucks for the video version as well. We can listen to these episodes live as they're being recorded, as well as access to the supporters club on there, so some exclusives every once in a while as well. Also, a bit of a content update. I actually put a video out earlier this week as well. I was talking about the Maverick Vinales switch from seemingly from Yamaha to Aprilia. Um, that is out on the website. If you want the written version, it's on the website. If you want to watch the, watch it all for the audio and video version, it's on YouTube as well. So check that out if you haven't already. That was a deep dive and a half on uh, a man's very messy career to date. Um, and yeah, that was fun. But uh, yeah, you can check that out if you haven't already. Right, let's get to Static Island and let's talk about Formula E in New York City. Yes, and Dre, I renamed it from Static Island to Lunge Island. Because- oh, very good. Oh lord, race one in New York City. We thought today was going to be the day that he would atone for Rome. One of Nick Cassidy on pole once more. Thought it, it really felt like it. He pulled out a big gap during the race. The only threat in his rearview mirror seemed to be Jean Eric Vern. And Vern really proved to be a threat today. And uh, with a little over seven minutes left in the race, John Eric Fern at probably one of the best places to make an overtaking move around this around this circuit, the, the hairpin. Uh, John Eric Fern decided to dive it up the inside, and he dove it up a bit too deep, and pushed not only uh, <laughs> Nick Cassidy wide, but himself wide, leaving mm. the door open for the driver in third. By one, God, is that Max Gunther? <laughs> yes, one of <laughs> Max Gunther. It, it was Max Gunther's music, <laughs> music playing, and he got around at both of them and was able to stay out in front and take home the race victory. 
I I don't know how to feel about this one, but it was Gunther ended up being the 19th different driver to stand on the podium this year. Uh, yep. And his first time on a podium this year being a win. Yeah. <laughs> and out of formerly East Field drivers, only six drivers haven't stood on the podium this year. Uh, Buemi, Nato, Turvey, Camera, Blomquest, and uh, new driver Joel Erickson. So, uh, it's, it's certainly thrown a wrench into everyone's title hopes. But, uh... What do you all It feels like that's every race in FE where it's like it's designed to just throw up complete chaos for every title contender. Uh, Eduardo Mortara, who came into this uh, race event leading the championship, proceeded to score zero points across the weekend. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's designed to do this. I'd say the contenders going into each round don't do well. It's, like, obviously, with the way the qualifying seating is designed, they're designed to be put in the middle of the field, but they never get through the race unscathed. Yeah. No. I'll remember it's when hard, Mercedes were going to be field, unbeaten like. going through the rest of the year, and, uh, whew, they cannot catch a break. And it's but not all just the qualifying format. Yeah, like, it, it's, it's not that they're not able to make their way through the field, it's just that they're not finishing the race, period. Yo, so, yeah. Cam, King, how was it in New York? Because I wanted to come, but I just couldn't. It was, uh, it was an experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've already heard a couple of these stories, and some of these are wild. Like, um, it depends I on what these two a... to share. <laughs> um... I arrived to New York City on a bus that clearly never got the suspension upgrade because it pounded me into dust. Well, that that's not New York. That's the bus. That's the bus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, ooh, got in about 1.30 in the morning. Met up with King. We go down into the subway. First time I've ever been on a subway train car, and at the other end of the train is someone with half a broomstick exchanging in a war of words with someone with a pocket knife. <laughs> Welcome to New York! <laughs> Just what? Oh, it's, yeah. uh... Yeah, don't don't get out on the subway. Well, I, would, I shouldn't say don't get out on the subway at two in the morning. Uh, <laughs> it... it I've lived in the city almost my whole life. This has never happened to me on the subway before. <laughs> well, I was going to say, King, like, like, I've heard a lot of stories about New York City subway. I was like, how much on a scale of 1 to 10 is that on the crazy scale? Like, like I, I've, been, I've been on the subway at 4 in the morning, and it's been probably like some of the, some of the like, boring, least eventful experiences of my life. This is the only time no, I've gotten... Oh, I get on the fucking subway. Oh. Oh, I, I, am worried. I have to start throwing hands. <laughs> and uh, trekked across New York. Um, my shoes, which are now in the, uh, they're they're in timeout because they ruined my left foot. Damn. Um, oh. Yeah, we we got to a pizza place. 
five minutes after they closed. Oh. And, uh, yeah, just a very wild, eventful weekend for just going to see a race with a friend. <laughs> as, as, as friend of the show, uh, Danny Brennan would say, just a normal, regular day in the ABB. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know he's listening. Get well day. soon, Danny. I know you had another nasty spill the other day. Get well soon, Danny. But um, yeah, definitely. Oh. Um, <laughs> New York City is everything that everyone says it is, all at the same time, happening concurrently. The good, the bad, the kind of weird, the pizza. <laughs> um, fantastic pizza, by the way. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed my time there. <laughs> and thank thank you, King, for having me. No, no problem. And thank you, Formula E, for making super secret tickets available 72 oh hours God. before the race when me and my partner had already planned to do other shit and had nothing to do with the New York City E-Prix. I got suspended no. in the bougiest town in the Northeast, Newport, Rhode Island. <laughs> the home of the American Yacht Club. Yes. Uh, New, Newport, Rhode Island. Your home. <laughs> the home of your New York Yacht Club. Which, Newport, Rhode Island's not even in the state of New York, so... <laughs> well, uh, well, I would hope Rhode Island isn't in the state of New York, damn. <laughs> you can probably Everything might as well still. just be sub <laughs> suburban Boston or suburban New York. Uh, I don't want to talk about Newport. I want to talk about this race. Um, Y'all, that Gunther Pass was astonishing. The Gunther is that, be is that better than Dacasa's Pass in Monaco to y'all? Mm, I wouldn't say so, because the the opportunity for that pass only arose because of one Jean-Eric Verne. Jean-Eric Verne had the terrible, no good, and very bad weekend. <laughs> Despite being very competitive in the first race, um, yeah, he had the win on a pl on a platter. Cassidy, look, Cassidy's pole lap. I watched that live. I watched him to go into turn three, thinking he's gonna put this fucker on pole, or he's gonna crash trying. Mm -hmm. He was over the limit, but he used too much energy during the race, and he was kind of a sitting duck to uh, to Jev, and Jev just lacked any and all patience and any and all tactical ability when fighting him because he just it, <laughs> it, it was an effort kind of pass he shoulder charged him off the line and if you open the door for maxi gunter he's gonna take it and he did yeah and took an emphatic win out of it maxi gunter along with the late antoine hubert were like the only reasons why arden had any results in formula two in recent years mm. they're that good gunter's that good yeah He's always been good, and look for me. I like I, I I liked the Costas more. It was a bit more clutch. It was the final lap of the race. Yeah, it was yeah. a clean pass. Um, it yeah, it was a it was one of those you drop off your seat of what you of wherever you are watching it sort of passes because you kind of know the Costas going to try it, but you don't think he's actually going to pull it off. Um, oh, he locked both front tires mid pass and still like, made it work. It's, it's oh, like. Yeah. Oh, you can see the smoke 50 meters out from the apex, and he still somehow, just barely, makes it clean. 
Um, Vern shoulder charged Cassidy off the apex. We all knew exactly what Vern was doing. It was a classic MotoGP style block pass on, on, a, on a hairpin apex. Valentino Rossi would have been proud of that one. Um, and, uh, it opened the door like Miguel Oliveira did at Austria last year, if you remember that one. Um, just, I'm gonna sneak down the inside and take this one. Thank you very much. It was a fantastic pass. Don't get me wrong. Um, I wouldn't say it was quite the Costa levels, but, uh, it was still brilliant opportunism from Gunther and just had to keep it on the straight and narrow, keep it pinned and, uh, yeah, the Manhattan hairpin saw a classic Formula E moment right there, and uh, I'm worthy of, uh, of of winning a race. If if, if you ask me, that was we a, will uh... put that to the test come award season, which one's <laughs> oh, yeah. actually the better pass. We'll flip it over to you, the supporters. Uh, Dre, you had a question specifically for one of us. Yes, uh, and I am looking at you, Porsche man, Cameron Buckley in the corner over there. Yes, sir. Um, I'm going to put this one in it just for you because I like you like that, you know. <laughs> you look, you, you look, you look enthralled by this prospect. By the way, like if you if you listen to this on audio, like Cam's looking at me like with dread as we speak. But uh, uh, it, it's question- it, it's a mixture of dread and absolute <laughs> hatred. Oh, uh, wouldn't be wouldn't be the first time. Look, <laughs> question for you, my friend. Where will it be the last? Because, <laughs> because I mean, look at it this way. Are you happy that because it seemingly now was like we've seen a couple of of, of posts drop that it looks like Porsche are going to keep their lineup. And they've been very vocal about Porsche's lineup over the course of Formula E this season. It's looking like they're both going to stay, uh, Pascal Verline and Andre Lotterer, for next year. How do you feel about it, my man? Talk, talk me when, through it. When, when you when you said, "Are you happy?" I felt like Lane Staley during the It's like it was an accidental pause. <laughs> I'm astounded by it all the time. Wow. Um, yeah, I would say I'm fine with the lineup, given that we just keep fine. We the car is. Fast, sure. not the fastest in the field. Clearly, Pascal. I I got to hear Pascal Verline delete himself from race one. <laughs> I didn't get to crunch. see because I was on the other end of the track. But uh, and if you get a chance, go see a Formula E race because the sound they make is pure sci-fi. It's fantastic. Um, you can hear the differences from the cars, but what you can hear most of all is when people hit things. Really? I heard when Pascal Verline <laughs> rear-ended someone in the first race on the other end of the track, and he never came around again. <laughs> it's like, it's like, were, were you counting cars as they were going by? Like, where's Pascal? Um, no, I was looking at, I was looking at the screen while he was having to hold it at like, <laughs> hold the wheel at nine o'clock to go straight. <laughs> well, that's just um, might be a problem. <laughs> God, um. Pascal's been very quick, sometimes a little clumsy, wheel-to-wheel. I think he'll iron that out. I'm going to defer to the other side of the Porsche FE lineup. Um, Mm. Andre, you really need to get your shit together, because I like you. I've liked you as a driver for a decade. (laughs) Um, I know in the media center, King... Almost watched this man explode in a, <laughs> into a mushroom cloud. 
And, oh, I paid tickets to see that. <laughs> and uh, he's just... In qualifying on the second day, and we'll get to the second race in a few minutes, both cars are in Super Bowl. Both Porsches are looking quick. He blew turn one. I yep. heard it. I heard him lock his front tires. And he was super quick in the second and third sectors, but the first sector was so slow it didn't matter. This is not the Andre Lauder that I watched put in hour upon hour of devastating, consistent laps at Le Mans. And he's got re- to gotta rediscover that. This is not the Andre Lauder who is the most successful, the winningest foreign driver in Super Formula history. And should have more than just one championship into his name over there. You know, you know, it's funny. We're having a referendum on Andre Lauder when he nearly doubled his points total for the whole season in just one weekend. Exactly. And, quali- you know, he's been qualifying generally pretty well. It's just yep. he keeps not finishing races or getting an incidents that drop him down the field. If he just... Porsche took their best result of the season... Appeal pending. On on the in the second race, just by getting two cars home. Yeah. Uh, I just need to mention quickly update. They withdrew their appeal. Oh. Oh, it's time to re. It's time to resubmit the appeal. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm no longer appealing. Also, shout out to the chat. We got just, Zoe in here. Zoe said, "Quote Cam, don't lie. You had a sniper rifle pointed at Lotterer." I had a whole, I had a whole ass Formula E reusable water bottle aimed at his car. Um, the two of them just need to clean it up, and I think it'll be more successful. I think it's we're still year two in a program where clearly they're very up and down. Sometimes it's them, sometimes it's the car. But there's I think everyone needs a, to be better in yeah. that program. Porsche's committed for the long haul, at least, as a lot of manufacturers yeah. seem to be getting out mm-hmm. of the game. Like, I know it had been circulated that what, was Lauder going to retire at season's end? And, like, the thing is... Like, I didn't believe it, for a second he was going to retire yeah. at season's end, to be fair. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's still got stuff left in the tank. And Pascal's still Pascal. He's not even 30 yet. They, uh, Mahindra should stop being petty and give him his number 94 back. But that's just me. <laughs> I do like how he still has 94 in his social media bios. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with them keeping the lineup given where the program is right now. Sure, sure. No, I hear that. I wanted to get the Cam perspective on this because I know he'd have something to say about the state of Porsche in just about anything they do, really. Um, <laughs> well, let's get into race two. Now, the second one. race two... It, it did indeed come home, at least for one Brit anyway, because Sam Bird took a pretty dominant win in race two. He likes it in New York, and uh, yeah, another win for Bird there. Pretty much led lights to flag, had a several second lead over the line. Um, Nick Cassidy probably suffered from a very bad case of deja vu, because he had another cheater behind him, only this time it was the other one. It was Antonio Felix da Costa. And this time, Cassidy was able to hold on to second, um, ahead of the Costa in third. Now, it was a good day for Jaguar. It could have been a fantastic day for Jaguar. It wasn't quite in the end. Mitch Evans from second, hitting the outside wall with a minute and change left on the clock. And it dropped him all the way down to 13th over the line. So it, it, it turned a 1-2 for Jaguar into just the one car in the points, period. 
Um, and yeah, that could have been a, a major twist in the uh, manufacturer's title race to, to have all of a sudden the team have a one-two finish in the series. Um, but hey, Sam Bird at least back on top of the drivers' championship certainly. Um, fun fact of the day: he's only actually scored points in five out of the eleven races so far this season, and yet. He's your championship leader by five. Um, question for the chat. Do you know who the only two dudes in the field that have done this on seven out of 11 races, which lead the way? Mm. It may surprise you. Uh, without looking at the table. Mm. Okay. Consistency. Se- it says a lot about it that the highest amount is seven out of the <laughs> seven 11. Seven out of 11. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and also, you might be surprised when I tell you the names. Because that's two of them. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to click on that tab. No. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, the, it's the two Aldis. Rene Rast and Lucas Degrassi. Rene Rast, <laughs> who is just... Per- Look, it's always Rene, man. Like He either yeah. qualifies horribly and has a great race and gets fringe points, or he qualifies great, has a horrible race... Gets dropped down the field. And in that very race, the grassy punted Bwebi into the wall. Like, oh, just, friends was... reunited! Ten. <laughs> yeah, he had Paradise City playing in the back. He did it for the extra boost. <laughs> oh, T-Bone takedown. time. <laughs> so, gentlemen, how big, how big an open goal was this for Jaguar? Ah, uh, oh. huge. Because yeah. specifically in the constructors, they, as you said, they they had a good day. They could have pulled a huge gap in the constructors, um, or at least just been the first team to put big points on the board since the start of the season with Mercedes. Mm. Which is weird because Mercedes went from we can win almost any race on paper to just not getting their cars in the points at all. They didn't score a single point this weekend, Mercedes. No. For perspective, they, just, they couldn't get through the field. Uh, they're just, you know, they're, they're able to make moves on occasion, but they're just they're just not fast enough to get up from mm. where they are. Um, usually after qualifying, and it's the yeah. same deal for their sister team running the same powertrains with. Uh, Venturi, because, as I mentioned earlier, Mortara came into this race leading the championship, failed to score in either race. Yeah. One of them, you can maybe make a case, wasn't his fault, given uh, Jake Dennis got very up close and personal at turn one. Mm. Um, mm. But uh, that's Formula E for you. Um, sometimes guys get very uh, crunchy, shall we say, with their collisions, to say the least. But I'm, I'm inclined to agree this was a big... This, this, this was... An easy 18 points, which would have put Jaguar comfortably top of the Constructors' Championship. Now they're third. Um, they're third. They're still five points off the SG Cheetah, which are still just hanging on in there. <laughs> the spot, they always I mean, no get win. one car there. They always get yeah, one they... car top five. Right now, that's enough, because we'll talk about the title scene very, very, very shortly. But, uh, yeah, they're hanging in there. And, of course, Envision Virgin, who just had a a pretty darn solid weekend that all four cars over the course of the weekend in the top in the top eight including the podium in race two um, yeah just uh, it's all over the place right now and 18 rock solid points and the 
best probably individual weekend that any team would have had in Formula E would have been huge because uh, yeah, it, it's it segues nicely into our second part of this one where we just go. Just how far does this title race stretch? And I if say, I'm not mistaken, is everybody that's run a race still mathematically eligible? Yes, every, so. every race winner is still eligible to win the championship. And as a reminder, uh, the Formula E championship has gone down to the last race every season except last season. I'm counting. There's like occasion. a during the, the cost of the Tempelhof holiday uh, yeah. of dreams. I'm counting. There's like <laughs> yeah. 116 points left available. Sam Bird's only on 81 and he's the championship leader. Joel Erickson could pretty much clean sleep the next two race weekends and win it while only doing half the season. I don't expect Sam, that to Sam, happen. Sam Bird was 11th in the championship going into this weekend. He now leads by five. I would say, yeah. I mean, call me crazy. One, call me, call me one crazy. win. Yeah. One dominant race from anybody, and they're in the title fight. Yeah, I, I, Dude, look at the table, gentlemen. Would it be fair to say that anybody down to 15th placed Jake Dennis on 54 points has an outside chance? Yeah, if you stood on the podium, you got a shot. <laughs> Even beyond an outside chance, you have a legitimate chance if you could just get a good couple races together. There are, there are, there are only four. Win. Yeah, there are four races four left. left. So. And there's and there's only four races, and it's there's not a lot of points on the table that people have scored yet. Yeah, there's what 120 it's, points available left. I, I, the champion the currently like has 81. 25 for <laughs> a win times four. That's 100. Account up all the bonus points. I believe that's like five bonus points. So yes, that's 120 points 120. still on the table. The champion leader has 81 <laughs> after 11 races. <laughs> like, I'm telling I, you, Joel Erickson can clean sweep the Nets few reps. We could, we could have all the Turby We can't win. allow a Jay Penske championship. It's not. We're happening. not doing this. I'm just speaking in hypotheticals, of course. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, the championship is not coming to Newport. Oh. Damn, shame for that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> all, all one of these drivers, like... Degrassi, Van Dorn, Gunther, Dennis. They just uh, they just have a perfect weekend, click, click, win the race, collect all the bonus points. They could be right at the top of the standings by the by the time we're going to London race two. It's yeah. wild. That's yeah. why I love Formula E. Some of these races have been a mess this year. But in the grand scheme of things, the whole you paint the whole picture, it's pretty nice. This 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 is mm. the wackiest championship table I have ever seen in twenty years of me watching motorsport, and I watched MotoGP last year. Like this is ridiculous. There there is twenty seven points covering the top fifteen in this championship. Like like Le- else less than team. less than a win plus point plus the bonus points. Yeah, there's one race covering the top fifteen, and the fifteenth placed man has won a race this year, and that person is Jake Dennis. <laughs> like that is ridiculous. He like he's like he's in a four-way tie on fifty-four points. Has a race win and has the worst count back of the dudes on fifty-four points. That's how wacky this championship is. Um, anybody gets hot in London or Berlin, and they might just steal the title on the way out the back door. It's, it's um, gonna go down to whoever gets hot in Berlin. Because if, yeah. if you're fast, if you're fast at Berlin, you're gonna be fast both days. Meaning that yep. you have the best chance out of anyone to get the championship. 
the cost or anyone? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Antonio Felix DaCosta is relishing the opportunity right now. Oh yeah, my, my uh, man's gonna be all uh, over. Like, just, just get the, it. The king Hoff. of the Temple Hoff Knights. <laughs> just <laughs> try and get out of my head. Says Vic in the comments. I was like, just take it to Temple Hoff. Just take it to Temple Hoff, and we'll take him there. And probably what DaCosta's probably saying to himself right now. But. Uh, yeah, good luck picking an name out of those 15 to win the title. So, of course, 16. Yeah, don't Alex bother. Sims will get off. <laughs> you might as well draw a name out of a hat. <laughs> our, pre- our preseason, the preseason pick uh, of Rene Rast could either win this at a canter or continue having just g- scraping a couple points every race. <laughs> and that might be enough. That might. <laughs> Rene Rast might be is enough. 20 points out. Like, like it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Well, I, I, I got a feeling Robin Friends might sneak it. Just, just, just. Oh. I'm, I'm putting, I'm putting it out there right now. I'm the only one that's going to do it. Robin Friends. You, you know, know honestly, if he's string, we know he's capable. He's got to go do it. They don't call him Robbie Racecar for nothing. I just call him Robbie Racecar for something. I don't know why. Um, uh, that might. Dre. Oh no. Your microphone. Yeah, it sounds like it's partially unplugged. Is that better? Yeah. That's yes. Better. Yeah. I, I think something dropped off. Yeah, one of, I, I know what it is. One of my speakers fell off my desk. That's what happened. I think something dropped, but I didn't quite know what it was. Um, hang on. We can cut this bit out later. <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of needed to move on because we were kind of going in circles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no um, That's a nice segue, anyway, to get us to uh, the Nets round, which, uh, as of time of recording, is less than two weeks away. London! Are we going to London for the penultimate weekend of the season? Biscuits and crumpets at DFS sales! There's now going to be an angry. It's not going to be angry football fans that just kick in RJ's door. <laughs> I'm not responsible for this. Um, for- so there's going to be an angry thump on the door saying Brexit means Brexit in a minute. <laughs> so, yeah. Last week we got word that we're going to have a revision to the track, uh, and we're going to have a one-off reduction in the level of consumable energy for the two races of that comprise the London E-Prix at the London Excel Center uh, from 52 kilowatts kilowatt hours to 48 over fears of the about the nature of the series, turning this race into a procession. I have a couple quotes. The first is from Frederick Bertrand, director of Formula E, who said, quote, We had so much feedback from the one saying we should go to 36 kilowatt hours to the one saying everything is fine. So I think 48 kilowatt hours is a good challenge if we want to keep the race proper. If we feel that there is some adjustment, maybe we play a little bit with attack mode, particularly if we can help to overtake. Jean-Eric Verne, two-time Formula E champion, had this to say before the change was announced yesterday as time recording. Quote, It would look like an indoor karting event. It would be a train and no one will overtake because it's the lowest amount of energy saving we need to do. It would look really bad if they don't do something because we will just crash into each other and it would not be a race, really. They have to look at it and make a change for sure. Unquote. This was before the change was announced. So, folks... Is taking those four kilowatt hours off the right move? Definitely. What do we make of this new layout? Yeah, definitely. It was the right move because 
there's no part of the circuit where you're really burning energy. None of the straights are that long. Uh, it's it's just uh, there's no point where you really burn that much energy here. So they needed to make it a challenge to get to the end. Yeah. Yeah, it maintains yeah. the dynamic we usually have with FE, where uh, I, I think the number is something like you need to save typically about 30, 30 to 35% energy uh, across the race distance. With this, with this, if they hadn't changed it, it would have been down to like five, I think someone estimated. Yeah, the, so the, that's the, just the, not the much. Word, the numbers I heard were five to 10%. Uh, so they could have easily made it to the end without even really blinking. Uh, yeah, by much. just simply being in traffic, you save that much. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I would turn it into a flat-out procession. Whereas, nor typically with FE, you have to be pretty tactical with when and where you save your energy. This maintains that. This is this is more to just keep the status quo of how FE races typically play out. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've got no problems with any of that. Like, you think, like, this layout wouldn't actually be that bad if the venue itself was a lot bigger. And it just isn't. It's tiny. And, and, and it's, it's tiny relative for a Grand Prix circuit. I mean, yeah, because I think that's, that's what throws a lot of people off is that when mm. you look at a circuit map, you don't. You don't normally see it on track maps where you, they don't give you the scale about how right. large the venue is. This is pretty much Effie's equivalent to Monaco. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, like, don't get me wrong, I've been to the XL Center in person. It is massive for a center. For a Grand Prix circuit, it's tiny. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, And as King alluded to, the lack of scale, like, the layout would have actually made a lot of sense if it was, you know, four times the size area-wise. Like, here, in the context of Formula E, with an Exos that is actually relatively tiny by comparison, it's a mess. Like, this this layout, oof. Yeah. Like, where I'm the looking hell are you going to ask people around here? They didn't change like, much of the first sector. Then we get to turn 10, where they've taken a left-right switchback complex and turned it into a right-left. Yeah. Uh, it looks like sector 3 is... Uh, they put in a lot more tight corners into that. Uh, you know what? It, you know what it feels like looking at it. It feels like it feels like what people joke Abu Dhabi is. It feel it looks like a racetrack that's designed to kill any potential run you might get on someone. So the mm. the the adjustments they made mainly were to open up overtaking opportunities into turn one. Turn one's tighter in the revised version. Uh -huh. And to make sure that turn 16 is an overtaking area. Yeah. Because I was going to say, that's 14 and 15 it, a flat. Even, I mean, in comparison to the original layout, yeah, but even then, it just feels very... It just feels like it's going to kill any chance you might get to get a run on someone. Yeah. It looks funky. Yeah, it, it, it's the it's it's the sort of thing where if you if you load that up on a racing game, you're like, what is that layout? That does not look fun. Yeah. And yeah, like the the run down to sixteen might be your best shot of an overtake. Maybe the it, run it's to gonna turn be 10. yeah, it's gonna be one in ten. Turn sixteen, you'll like if you're close to someone, you would be able to to put it up the inside. Uh, mm. King, I want to ask. Does this clear the subterranean bar left behind by Battersea Park? 
barely. Barely. I've been there in person. Battersea Park was shambolic uh, as, a, as, a, as a venue for a racetrack in any way, shape, or form. But it's in London! This- <laughs> How could it be bad? <laughs> That's where the problems normally start, RJ. Um, yeah. No, this yeah. is better, but barely. Like, oh, I, and, I, yeah, I, God, God help us once we move to the Gen 3 cars. <laughs> this is not my fault. Yeah, it's, it's, no, no, it's not. <laughs> no. And I'd have had to make a lot of effort to make the XL even raceable with, you know, talking about putting fancy polymers down on the inside so they can race it. And I think Sam Bird mentioned that it's actually going to be quite challenging having the different levels of grip on the inside of the XL center and then the outside, which is going to be more abrasive. Oh, um, so there could, there could be a challenge there because I know they've, they've, they've done an awful lot of concrete an interesting to dynamic. make the inside of the XL raceable. But uh, the layout... Mm, I'm not convinced. Yeah, yeah like, we'll, like, we'll definitely know how good or bad this venue is come shakedown on Friday when we see how wide the racing surface actually good ends point. up being. Because that, that was Battersea's biggest problem. You, it, it was it was single-file traffic for the most part, because it's a park. Um, you know, you look designers of it to race cars. We're, we're gonna side. we're gonna doomsay this track uh, for this whole segment, and then it's gonna turn out a banger. That's that's how it works. <laughs> we're gonna that suck. Gonna suck in that, that would be that would be peak Formula E. No, for Formula E, it only works like that if we're in South America. Every South American <laughs> venue they've gone to has been amazing. Which. Yeah. Uh, which I should have included on the set list. They did release next season's schedule. And unfortunately, due to recent events in South America, we won't be we won't be racing in Santiago, Chile next year. Damn. Where are we uh, racing? Uh I've, let me pull I've got the full schedule in front of me if you want to go for it. We're in my we're in my favorite country, T B D. Which yeah. actually was determined. The glorious nation of TBD has uh, returned to the calendar. Uh, (laughs) Twice. But but in all seriousness, uh, next year, uh, we start the year off, doubleheader, end of January, Saudi Arabia, Riyadh, like we have the past couple of years. Third 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 race, Mexico City, mid-February. Then round four, we go to Cape Town at the end of February for the first ever Cape Town E-Prix for Formula E's return to to Africa. Round five is a TVA in a a country that we know is on the schedule, uh, the People's Republic of China. Uh, It's unclear where we'll be racing in China. Uh, Bring back the box. (laughs) <laughs> in a press conference, they say they narrowed it down to four prospective cities. Uh, mm. I've heard, I've heard rumors that it's, that it's going to be uh, uh, Shenzhen, uh, China, which is the city that is right outside of Hong Kong. So, a bit not to get into it, but yeah, Shenzhen is is the rumored primary city. Uh, next round at the start of April, Rome. Then Rome. at the end of April, back to Monaco, which is now an annual race. Yes, that yes. famous yes. horsepower track, oh, that yeah. famous all-power <laughs> circuit, Monaco. This is the most enthusiastic. Wide... 
This is the most enthusiastic anyone has ever been for a race of any Ma- kind at Monaco. Monaco. Mm. Monaco, the Monza of Formula E. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, they race again in mid-May, round eight, Berlin, the old special Tempelhof. And yeah, then round nine at the start of June, it, it's TBD, or, or it's mainly TBA. Though in the scheduled press conference, uh, Alberto Longo, the, the head of Formula E, the, the CCO, the chief championship officer, pretty much said, screw it, TBA's, uh, TBA's Jakarta. <laughs> yeah, like, like, Before you like that it was, one in it there, was, yeah? yeah, it was like, to be determined, by the way, we've determined it, it's here. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's don't, yeah, don't believe what the Dutch are telling you. It's not Eindhoven, it's Jakarta. Uh, they, they just want to leave an amount of time for for the Indonesian government to announce themselves it's Jakarta, and it'll be confirmed during the next World Motorsport Council meeting in September that round nine okay. will, in fact, be a Jakarta. And it's then, not going to be a new race <laughs> in the United States, either. There is not a new race in the United States, but round 10, it is at the start of July for Canada Day. It will be a glorious return back up to the Great White North to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Which last hosted a straight race for major single-seater competition in the 2004 Champ Car World Series. Yeah. Oh, wow. Damn, Vancouver. Cool. And then we go back to uh, normal service, mid-July, back here in New York. Uh Two weeks later, back at London and the XL, new season finale, mid-August, we go to Seoul, South Korea. Oh, buddy. Do you think they can make the Seoul circuit from Gran Turismo 4 into that track? Let's go! (laughs) Let's go! Uh, I'm here for that. I want the New York circuit from Gran Turismo 4, too. (laughs) Where are you regening on that track? (laughs) It's going to be a long lifting coast at the end of that main straight. Oh, yeah. Halfway down. (laughs) But by the time they race in Seoul, it would have been nine years since the uh, inaugural, well, the last time they ran the Korean Grand Prix in Formula One. They told me I could be anything, so I became a Formula One car. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, uh, 2013 was the last Korean Grand Prix, was it not? Yep. Yeah. Ending a four-year run. Yeah, because, yeah, uh, uh, and nobody, the only thing anyone remembers from that race is Sebastian Vettel being led by an SUV. Yeah, that's right. Good times. They did strike while the iron was hot when uh, Cy uh, was at the peak of his worldwide popularity with Gondam style and have him wave the checkered flag. That was a stroke of genius. It's a shame that every every other bit of infrastructure around Yongam didn't get built as they intended it. That sucked. (laughs) Yeah, and it's also disappointing because if if we did get the South American round, uh, there would have been a round on every inhabited continent except, well, Australia. Australia, yeah. 
Oh, wow, you're really going to diss the penguins like that. Like, damn. When we get a penguin in F4, I'll acknowledge that Antarctica's inhabitants. <laughs> I want a race in Antarctica right now just to spite this man. The Silver Stream Circuit in the original Wipeout be like. Look, RJ, we're we're still almost twenty years away from the anti gravity engines. Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. But it's a fun calendar. I like the calendar. I love the fact we're going to Cape Town. That that's that's neat. Yeah. Um, let's see what Jakarta brings to the table in uh, in that June slot down there. Um, gutted we're not getting a South Af- South America round because they are always fun. But, you know, Mexico kind of is, but kind of isn't. But, you know, Mexico uh, is a North American. Me- Mexico yeah, is part North They're American. They're part of Comet yeah. Bowl. <laughs> That's not a Comet Bowl country. Have <laughs> <laughs> I just pissed off our Mexican viewership? I might have just done. <laughs> yeah, we, we got a regular Jeremy Clarkson right here. If I wanted to anger our friends in Mexico, I would just say Dos Acero and hang up. Oh my god! Love you, Mexico. We give you. Way and on too that much note, <laughs> back ne- ne- to the studio. Ne- ne- next week's uh, episode of M One One is going to have RJ talking from the Mexican embassy. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> just like Clarkson did. Um, quote from Vic in the chat: "The Sergio Perez fan base are now coming for your souls." I love me some Sergio uh, Perez, man. Same that's, here. That's, yeah, see, I'm, I'm not keen for that. Let's get out of here before they find out where we live. Um, but, uh, yeah, fun time in Formula E in New York. We'll be back to talk about that in a couple of weeks' time uh, for the uh, penultimate round in London. Hopefully it's not an indoor karting event. But uh, until then, places you can find us, youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. Check out the Maverick video if you haven't already. Facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. Our, our personal handles at Harrison101HD, at cbuckley 917 at RJ O'Connell, and at Ryan Eric King. We're on Instagram at motorsport101pod. Um, we are on our website motorsport101.com and you can back us financially on Patreon if you like at patreon.com forward slash motorsport101 five bucks gets you early access to all of the audio episodes ten bucks for the video version um, all of that and much more of the details on there we'll be back next week to talk the British Grand Prix the and, Formula uh, 1 Sprint oh we're not the- talking the British Sale Grand Prix god damn it <sighs> Oh, the Cell Grand Prix might actually be an improvement because uh, if you like uh, Dre's uh, video essays, by the way, and if you haven't watched or listened to the podcast, you should check it out. If you're already a regular listener to the podcast, you should tell your friends because I'd like to think we're doing cool stuff here on Motorsport 101, and I'm sure all of us here would agree. Indeed, although us talking about a sprint race might be the breaking of all of us. <laughs> so tune in next week to see what happens. Um, and no, Shuckle, there will not be a George announcement. He said it himself on the F1 fan podcast this week. Yeah, he's just trying to throw us off the trail. Yeah, yeah. Smoke screen, smoke screen. Okay, sod it. Yeah, we're going to announce and talk George Russell's imminent move to Mercedes on next week's show. Check it out there if you haven't already. There might be a race that might break out as well on occasion. Maybe two. Who knows? And it's going to be then- a Nashville Fairground Speedway for the SRX finale. Oh. And on that note, no. I've been Dre Harrison. They've been Cal Buckley, RJ O'Connell, the Ryan Eric King. We'll catch you next week.
Sayonara. <laughs> Later, y'all! Bye. I would have put 20 bucks on the broomstick guy. <laughs> <laughs>